Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. The time has come, ladies and gentlemen. InvestFest, that's right. That's right. InvestFest 2023 is here. August 25th, 26th, and 27th in Atlanta, Georgia. We are taking it to a new level. Bigger than ever. This year, we're going to do 20,000 people in Atlanta, Georgia. I want you to do yourself a favor. Head over to InvestFest.com right now. We will have activations from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Three days, musical performances, billionaires. Everything is going to be a completely life-changing experience. Vendor Marketplace, Food Truck Village, you know how we do. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over now. All right. Yes. We're back. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. A lot going on in the world. Happy Monday. They were just everyone. with Jeezy, yeah. Mary J. Blige, shout yeah. out to 914. Yeah. Jada Kid. Who else is there? Miss Lauren Hill. Hill. Lauren Hill. Oh my. Double Walker. The, yes. the the showman himself, Kenny Burns, who put on like an pre invest fest. <laughs> Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. Earn your leader, brother. Shout out. Shout out to Buster. Shout out man. to Buster, man. That was crazy. Yeah. Shout out to Mary J. And shout out to the whole strength of a woman festival if you have not seen it on instagram we were there and we got to interview mary queen lodge that's another milestone for earn your leisure that's huge shout out to her her whole Mm -hmm. entire team uh live nation everybody that um you know put that together and included us in it miel brands shout out to monique rodriguez a huge sponsor (laughs) yeah we definitely you know appreciative of being there and yeah we got to Partaking the whole weekend, went to the the music part on Friday and Saturday. Got to see mm-hmm. you know some of the top musical performance ever. Y'all performed too. 
<laughs> I was oh shout out to Tip shout out to shout out to uh, Ti he he That's was actually right. on stage uh, they brought out Young Joe I had my 2008 maybe thing back hey show only doing the show to lean yeah, 2008 cookout so, so that, shout out to everybody <laughs> man that was a vibe man um got a chance to to meet Jeezy shout out to OG Shell head of security legend uh good dude legend. um got a chance to meet Jeezy so um you know. If you didn't know, Jeezy's actually closing the show for InvestFest. So this is the first time we actually really got to chop it up with him. Solid dude. Told him about InvestFest. Told him, like, what are you getting himself into? He like, yo, don't tempt me with a good time, man. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to rock out. So Jeezy <laughs> in Atlanta. Whew. Legendary. Anytime Jeezy's in Atlanta, that's legend mm-hmm. within itself. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of, lot of tracks. Right. Man. They, they, they call out, me up there. Shout out to Jeezy, man. But nah, shout out to Mary J and shout out to everybody. And happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Absolutely. Hope yesterday was... Was great, um, and it, we got a lot to talk about, man. Yeah, Boston Celtics, congratulations to you guys, <laughs> Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. So. James Harden got to shave his beard. He come back to Houston next season, <laughs> I think. Come back to Philly. Damn. Yeah, they say he might go back to Houston. It was looking yeah. bad. It looked bad out there, man. Shout, shout out to everybody that was pulled up on us too. We, while we were at the show and throughout the weekend, a lot of people pulled up on. Shout out to the family. Pretty V, we ran up on her. There's just a bunch of people. It was a it was a dope weekend for Atlanta. It was a dope weekend for uh, uh, just women, man. We were surrounded by some really, really incredible and powerful women, and that that's right at home for us, man. So shout out to the city of Atlanta and shout out to the Atlanta Dream. Shout out to Atlanta Dream. Shout out to the Atlanta Dream. We went and I spoke to the team. Shout out to Denise, the international broker who uh, dropped so much game on Denise and real estate. It was dope, man. That was the that was a, a nice situation. We got to speak to the team. The the, the coordinator of events was a huge fan of ours. It was dope, man. So you will you're probably gonna see us at a game. We're yeah, gonna shout be out to Atlanta Dream. Now it was a dope weekend, man. Shout out to Atlanta. So. Yeah, y'all energy was in fact. I can't lie. I hit y'all like, yo, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> y'all gearing up. I already know Investor is about to be crazy. Market Monday's live about to be crazy, but the energy has been like, okay. Can't yeah, stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. 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 So next up, well, we'll be in LA this week. So um a shout out to LA going back. Yes. We're gonna make we're gonna make some more history. <laughs> more day y'all get there. Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. Uh, yeah, we're talking offline. We'll tell you yeah. about some of the bombs. More bomb, more bombs, pond head top, yes. um, per usual. And, um, do remember London, yes, the time is fastly approaching. We are yes. one, we are one month away mm-hmm. from wow. our London invasion. Uh, June 18th is the day. No, is it? Yes, June yes. 18th, Peacock Theater, June 18th. Yep, that's Father's Day. Uh, yep, yeah, it is. Yeah, dads, bring your your kids out. Yeah, 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 yeah. June 18th, Father's Day, is the day we will take over London once again. We are headed to Peacock Theater. Get your tickets now. Link in the website. Link in the bio. Link in everything. Link in the description. Yes. And it's amazing because we'll be teaching them how to trade the European market. Yeah, which gives you a higher win percentage than the American market. Get your tickets now. Best show on earth, man. Um, undeniably, the European vibe is always good. Every time we go. So this is going to be a dope show. Everybody in London, get your tickets. Everybody stateside, this is your summer vacation. It starts now. This is definitely <laughs> summer vacation. Officially, Stout watching. Actually, Ian, you posted something on your Instagram with Steve Stout when he was talking about how he used to fly five hours to get yeah. in a room to hopefully just meet one person. That was his whole thing. Like, if I could just fly five hours to get into a room and stay there all night and meet one person and then go back home. So all this stuff that we talk about, like as far as networking and being at the right place and like, it's not a myth. It's not a myth. That's somebody that 
I'm gonna probably repost that video actually because it's a good video. But that's somebody that will be at InvestFest, mm -hmm. but has reached the highest level of success when it comes to marketing music. And he said it out of his own mouth, you know. He's um, another goat. I'm gonna cut you off, but yeah. the master advertising music and the commissioner and all the stuff. Like he's yeah. the one that got AI the Reebok deal. Like we need to start talking about him in a higher light than we do as well. Yeah, I think strategic partnership is something that he yes. has mastered and, and cross-blending, right? Culture with corporate, right? Yeah. Like we saw it with, with Reebok, we saw it with AI, we saw it with McDonald's when we had Pusha T and he had Justin Timberlake. I mean, he's done a lot of things people probably don't even realize um, and he hasn't really got the credit for. So it's going to be exciting to have him at, at Investors have that conversation, but really enlighten the people on like, nah, this dude's a legend, y'all. <laughs> like, we're not just bringing him to, to the main stage for no reason. This is a legend. This yeah. is somebody you're going to be able to learn from. So get your tickets to Market Mondays. And the last thing I'll say is, yes, InvestFest, fastly approach it. Yeah. Um, and last week we announced that one of the most powerful men in sports, Rich Paul, will be doing a very rare public speaking appearance. He doesn't really speak too much, especially publicly. Mm -hmm. um, Rich Paul, CEO of Clutch Sports, whose roster includes, you might have heard of LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James. You might have heard, <laughs> heard of Anthony Davis. You might have heard of Draymond Green. You might have heard of Jalen Hurts. Yes. Um, second biggest contract in NFL history. Um, so, I mean, the list goes on, man. He has revolutionized the sports industry and moved from being an agent to actually being a sports mogul has a clothing deal with new balance. Mm -hmm. mm. That was phenomenal, man. Extremely brilliant mind in the space. So, you know, of course we announced that Diddy was going to be a headliner. Robert Smith was going to be a headliner. Every week we're just going to be doing different press releases. So Rich Paul yeah. of clutch sports will be in the building. Try, trying to hit every area, trying to hit music, <laughs> trying to hit sports, trying to hit venture capital, private equity, like hit every area. So um want to get the best people in every area. So yeah. when you when you think of sports, when you think of a sports agent, he's the only person that's really a superstar sports agent in yeah. the game right now. Yeah, you think about basketball, you, you don't really think of another person in the you know, space. In basketball, awful, awful. nobody knows the names yeah. of agents these days. They used to back yeah. in the days. Drew Rosenhouse. I was going to say, Drew Rosenhouse yeah, is the last name that and, you probably really uh, know. Michael Jordan, um, Fork. David Falk, David Falk, but that was 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Right? Today, in this day and age, it's just him. Rosenhaus is still there, but it's, it's not. He's not. No, he's fellow. He's fellow, but he's still getting big deal. He's doing baseball though. Scott Boris is another name that you people probably know. He's still doing yeah. big, big time baseball contracts. But for us, it's not even close. It's Rich Paul, and he's. I feel like he, I mean, he's one of the best storytellers we, we've had privy to. That's, <laughs> that's a whole different. To be part of some of his legendary stories. Not to clean. That's a question behind the scenes for people who. Because you know it's a long lead cycle. Yeah. How long have you been working on the? I know some of it. The relationship to get him to invest fest. This didn't happen in two weeks. Nah, two years. We met at least Rich probably two years ago. So at least two it's years. Been nurturing. It's like a, it's like a, a plant. Like you got to you know just nurture it, pour water. Um. So yeah, and, this, and show up. This is two years in the making. For and, sure. and show up, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's been plenty of events. Hey, Clutch is having something. All right, we just pulling up off the strength, off the love. We are gonna support just regardless, without doing anything. Before we ever met, had an interview with them, before there was a commitment, we reached out to his team. Hey, you guys are welcome to show up. We show up, and he shows up there, and he just appreciates appreciates us being there. And so in return, you, you build a camaraderie amongst yeah. black men, number one, but as businessmen as well. Yeah, lesson and that's another thing too. Before, because this is this is actually a good lesson. Um, you when you meet somebody, you might not always get everything at the first meeting. You might not always be able to get the interview to get them to you know come to your event. Da, 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 da. 
not really about that. It's about just nurturing a relationship. And that's what we did with Rich. Like we met Rich a bunch of times. Like we've we've hung out with Rich for three hours talking about Cleveland, Ohio. And like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like we're talking about how he's wearing three different colognes. Uh, how, how he's always been the flyest dude yeah, since he was like, nine years old. So it's just it's just about building a friendship, honestly. It's about building like real friendship. So when it is time to ask for something. Now, you know, it, sure. it, it, it makes sense as opposed to just being transactional. Like, you know, so I think that's important. When you go to these different events, don't just think the first time you meet Ian and it's like, yo, I need you to be, you know, on my trading call next Saturday <laughs> for the, me and my stock club. Like, yeah, build the relationship. Come to every Market Mondays Live. Come to every event. Go to everything that you, you know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. then after a while, you start to see, like, yo, I see you, like, bro, from, um, Detroit. Ken? Nah, Ken, that's my dog. Oh. What's damn young, young, young um Mike? That's the spot? Yeah. Yeah, young boy. Yes. <laughs> Always got the Cartiers on. Like oh yeah. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Always yeah. see him so much. Yeah, same same with Edwin. Same with Brian. Like yeah, they did. Everything is like if Edwin, I, I'll just tell him another day. I'm like, bro, I'm put you on my VIP list. Like he's at every event. Never come if I didn't have time. Rich is the same way. And I'll tell Rich, like, yo, hit me up, man. He's like, I know you're busy. I'm, like, I'm not too busy for you. Like, you traveling all over just to come kick it and support. Um, building that long-term relationship is key. And also, when you go into these events, don't ask right away. Like, you guys will see me do my first thing is what can I do to help? You gotta travel around. So everyone, lesson number two of the night. Pick the number of events that you're going to go to for the year. Even in 2020, when COVID was going crazy, they were still traveling. I wasn't. 2021, I'm like, I got to start shaking hands and kissing babies because you have to build relationships. So every time I go back to New York, I try and make my way to Wall Street. Went to go do Josh's pocket. Like, you have to just spend FaceTime with people so other people can learn to trust you. It's not always about the skill set. It's like, do I like you and do I trust you? That's a trust. That's what I learned early. People do business with people that they like. Absolutely. but yeah, all right, get your tickets to Invest Fest and get your tickets to Market Mondays Live. Disclaimer? Yes, yes, yes. Do your own research. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional connection with or independently research and verify any information that you hear on our show and wish to rely upon whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. This is a message brought to you by the good brothers at Earn Your Leisure. And the good brother Ian Dunlap, the master investor himself. Please do your own research and continue to share it when it's good and give credit to those that you found it from. We love you. And last thing, this week, big episode for us, Blast. Shout out to my guy Blast and his whole team. Uh, one of the dopest new artists that's coming out of LA right now, performing the Market Mondays Live. So they got a dope independent story. They actually, they don't, they don't have a distribution through a record label. You know who they partnered with? Who? Monster Energy Drink. Really? Did you know yes. Monster Energy Drink had a record label component? Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. And Red so, Bull does too, right? Is it Red Bull? I think it's Red Bull. Red Bull, my bad. Yeah, Red Bull. Okay. They partnered with Red Bull. Yeah, I was just they, about to they, say they partnered, they partnered with Red Bull. And um, yeah. it's a dope story on the business side because, you know, Red Bull does, does these festivals all over the world. They sponsor mm-hmm. all these F1 races and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. now it's like... I, I never even That's thought about bro. that, honestly. Like, they broke down the play to me about how they got, like, a 50-50 deal with Red Bull. And Red Bull has studios and all of that stuff, um, mm-hmm. distribution. So, um, And it's global. It was independent. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out to the whole Eagle team. Yeah, yeah it's, it's independent. Like you said, 
if you look at F1, especially the, I think the winner of the, the last race in Miami was sponsored by Red Bull. So they're everywhere. And I told people, like, the places that you never expect to that you think we would show up, that's where the money is usually going to be at, man. Absolutely. So F1 is one of those places. So we got to be there. Davos is there. These companies are everywhere. Yeah. Like, I, what we have when somebody had the, the Red Bull? Oh, we were just at the Derby in the hotel. They were like, yo, yes. Red Bull sponsors. Y'all, I don't, we don't have any more space for all the all the cans. Like, y'all can't bring them in anymore. No, Red Bull. They're showing up, man, everywhere. So, some of those businesses are like quiet killers. I went to get Xander a hoodie. Hey, Ian. Yeah. You want to talk about quiet killers? Uh, yeah. That text I sent you earlier this week. Oh, we'll get into that into the sleep. We'll get into it. <laughs> got, got. <laughs> Even on that side, like seeing the sponsorship side of like McLaren, acts like you know because every this is a good lesson too. Everywhere you go, acts like what the revenue is like and how much are they make it. They were there two days. I'm like, what's the revenue for merch? It was like four or five million dollars for McLaren merch. I was like, wait, what? Hoodie one fifty here, shorts two hundred there. Mm-hmm. JP Morgan sponsorships everywhere, crypto.com spots. You have to travel to where the money, even behind us, there was a two Latin race drivers. Everyone from Mexico was back there going crazy, quietly betting 200,000. It's that they were going to <laughs> race or not. I was like, oh, this is different. Show up to where the money is. I know, you know, you can go to Rolling Loud and all that. Shout to them. Love you guys. Appreciate you. I'm learning. But you have to travel to where the real money events are like F1, Davos, InvestFest, Market Mondays. The Derby. Yeah. Derby. Yeah. Where the money resides. That's a yeah. fact. Yep. All right. Um, Ian, any announcements for Red Panda? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, my telegram got hacked by someone in Iran. I would not pay your ransom, but I appreciate you trying. <laughs> <laughs> if I get <laughs> finessed by nobody back home and uh, extorted by those GDs and vice lords back home, you're not going to do it over the internet. Good try. I appreciate you. Um, but Red Panda, there is a new telegram link that we have for Stock Club. I have sent it out via email, and it is in Kajabi. Prices will be out today as you watch this. And if you try to extort me, please put yes in chat. I'm not going for it. And if you guys ever need money in a recession, just ask me. I'll cash up you. He like, bro, I just want eighty dollars. I'm like, your ax was too low. You crazy? Go home, Roger. Can't Keep a thousand on my head. Can't expect. Can't negotiate with terrorists. Big facts. Uh, all right. So Microsoft. <laughs> did you do? Did you do a disclaimer? Yes, I did. I did. I did. I did. Microsoft wins <laughs> approval for. The $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Yes. This is something that we've talked about for a while. Yes. Um, I guess it's finally approved. What will this do for both companies? What will this do for the stock of Microsoft? And is this a good play? Yes. It's a lot of money, $69 billion. Activision Blizzard. We're talking about Activision Blizzard. Activision Blizzard. If you have a gaming console, you will have probably purchased one of their games. Call of Duty, probably being the biggest one. The biggest one. One of the biggest ones in the world. Um, the world of world of was it Minecraft? They also a part of. But let's, I mean, Active Active is one of these these uh, companies that historically hasn't had a system, but they just have the, the games to put out. This merger makes sense. So the issue here was, are they taking competition out of the space right and so when you look at from the ua UA, uh the eu i'm sorry and you look from the ftc that was the investigation it came back in microsoft's favor which is good this is good news for the brand um so one of the the areas that the regulators question was if uh activision games uh just being on microsoft makes it a complete u.s giant and knocks out competitors such as sony and other streaming platforms they ruled that it doesn't and actually, one of the benefits that it does do is that 
it allows people who have purchased games from a streaming standpoint to now have the game in the cloud. Yeah. So if I have Call of Duty, right, and I come to your house and you don't have Call of Duty, we can't play it. But if now if I come over, it's in my cloud, I can now play on your system, yeah. which is like revolutionary in the gaming world, right? Because rather than buying it because I'm over your house or I'm, I'm out the country and I have to, I don't have my console, I have to buy the game again. It now becomes a cloud space. And mm -hmm. does Microsoft have that infrastructure already in place? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's a that's a plus for them in the business side. Mm -hmm. The only part of it that's interesting is that yes, that's the European mm -hmm. judgment. They still have to get past the FTC, the, yes. the Federal Trade Commission here in the United States. They still have to answer to Sony, and so this is a win from the European standpoint. But they still have some battles to face here in America. Yeah, I agree. But I think this is a good sign that this will swing in their favor. And normally when people are worried about monopolies being formed, usually it is the consumer that is raising an issue about the monopolies or they're not receiving like fair enough treatment. But as far as what it does for the value of Microsoft, it makes them even bigger. Um, if we look over the last six months, they have returned 27.76 percent. Um, over the last five years, 217% all time is 309,000% return. This is definitely over the next few years pushing to that $400 mark. Um, profit margins in, in Microsoft are already great. This is at 36%, which is amazing for a trillion dollar company. And it gives them more market share in the space that is needed. Like if you look, most people may not love business, right? But once you get hooked into like those video games, Call of Duty, they have Crash Bandicoot. I think they have Tony, one of Tony Hawk's games. People are on that platform for hours. So look at the kind of ads that you can even deploy there and that mind share and time share that you have a user there. Amazing acquisition. If they get this passed through the United States, it would definitely push them eventually past 400 bucks. Um, and it's probably the second greatest company uh, publicly traded of all time. And I can argue if Barmer wouldn't have ran Microsoft for those 10 years, there probably will be no trillion dollar market cap for Apple. That's probably, I think from the time he ran it to the time he left, I think the stock was down 70% over a decade. Microsoft is doing an incredible job. Gaming yeah. culture is, is bigger than ever. Yes. Um, and yeah. Call of Duty has been, you know, one of the top games, if not the top game for over a decade. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the Xbox, Microsoft's gaming mm -hmm. console to integrate that completely with uh, one of the top games. I think it's beneficial for sure. I guess, you know, the risk would be if another game comes out that becomes bigger than that next year. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the other part of it is that, and this is from a Sony standpoint, right? If Activision is now a part of Microsoft, or they've been they've merged. Their worry was, hey, they'll make it exclusive for Xbox. Yeah, right? That's a huge concern, right? Because now you're losing out on millions of gamers that won't be able to play it on your console. From everything they said, that, that they're not looking to do that, right? Because that loses money. You don't want to lose money, so you, you keep it open. But uh, another thing that works in their favor, when we talk about the European Commission, th they've had judgments in the past, and every judgment that they've had, the United States, when it had to have its judgment, has kind of leaned in the same, in the same uh, favor. In the same favor. So that, that works for, for the deal getting done, which is great for Microsoft and, and great for gaming. Like I said, that's revolutionary, right? If I don't have to repurchase a game because I'm not with my console, mm -hmm. that's a game changer. Now you're really using technology to your advantage. Like that cloud service piece is really, really important. And that adds to 
the the expansion of that vertical, right? Because now, how much is the cloud service going to cost you if you can now store all your games up there? Azure is going to grow as a result <laughs> tremendously. Because we know kids are going to eat up a bunch of playing time and a bunch of space on there anyway. Cool. So when we're looking at the, so they have, if I, if I came to you and said, hey, Tesla is now going to run the office space, they're going to put Call of Duty in the car, and they have a cloud service, everyone will be like, Tesla's going to 1,000. That iteration that I just created for you is Microsoft's. Yeah, it's it's like that quiet. Even like now, like when when we're sending like files to Google, it's like, all right, well, you can pay uh, ten ninety nine for two hundred gigs of storage. Mm-hmm. Well, you get enough people to pay nine ninety nine for two hundred gigs of storage. I mean, one game is like seventy gigs of storage. Yes, not to include the add ons that come with it. You know, what I mean, the downloadable content that you get on top of it on top of saving inside of the game. And so you can imagine where they have a package where it's like, yeah, we're saving. There's going to be a, a terabyte of storage and that'll be the, the bare minimum. And now that becomes 1999. Just think about what that does to the, to the vertical of Azure. Yeah. The, the enterprise value of Microsoft is currently at 2.08 trillion revenues at um, 207 billion. Like this is just a monster of a com- and another great point to look at is if you look at institutional ownership, so that's pension funds, mutual funds, et cetera, 72% um, ownership is there. This is almost a perfect company and shows no signs of slowing down. I know sometimes the audience get tired of me talking about Apple and Microsoft and 2Tech2 Index, but a trillion dollar company in the last three months is up 15%. So almost double the S&P, up 8% in a month. And over the last five years is up 200%. Like that's an easy win while most things are down and they continue to innovate and get better over time. Yeah. A lot of analysts have, have, have uh, raised the price on it for the end of the year to 320 to 325. So it's currently sitting at like 310, yeah. which is optimistic, right? You're talking uh, almost a $15 increase over the next six months. Yeah. You take yeah it. I, have it. <laughs> I agree. I have it at 410 by middle of next year. Continue to hold for the long term. And it's crazy because early in the year it was at like, what two twenty four. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a return for one of the safest companies in the world. Like, yep. especially in t- in a recession. I know they keep delaying saying that we're in a recession, right? Um, we got to talk about your boy later, Big T. He went on CNN and dominated. By the way, um, but in a recession, things tend to condense. And if they can get this one to go through while they're making their iterations on AI, I'm interested to see what kind of data they pull. To your point, Rashad, like what if another game comes out? Because Fortnite really is like the kid's version of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering what the, all that data in the cloud, if they begin to to build games and buy a developer to make games off the data that they're collecting in the cloud once they have Activision under underneath their, their wing. Nintendo just did that, which is crazy. Yep. <laughs> they literally took the feedback and the data from um Zelda, the the what's it called? The Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild, I think it's called. Yeah. So they just released part two. Uh, and again, got a perfect ten out of ten rating. But all they did was they took the data and the feedback from the first game to say like this is a ten out of ten, how can we improve? Yeah. And they implemented it to the new one. Well played. Yeah, well, well played. played. If well, you made money off Microsoft, please put yes in chat. Microsoft, please come sponsor. Type yes without his live and invest us. Let's go. So let's get into this. Consumer debt passes 17 trillion for the first time. So Americans 
have racked up over $17 trillion in debt. That is up $2.9 trillion from 2019. And the main catalyst of this is auto loans, credit card debt, student loans, and mortgages. Mm. Um, the average American has $59,000 in debt. Uh, 41000 of that is in mortgage. 5400 is in auto loans. Uh, 5600 is in student loans and 3400 is in credit card debt and 46% of credit card holders hold, maintain debt from month to month on their credit cards. They're not paying off their balances in full every single month. Oh. So, <clears throat> all right, $17 trillion Jesus. for Americans in debt. Um, yes. Where we they don't want to say we're in a recession. And the VIX is still at, let me go check right now. I think the VIX is at 17. Volatility index continues to get lower. This reminds me in the scene in, in um, the big short, when they're going to the credit rating agencies and saying, hey, these loans are defaulting. Why have you not changed the grade of the loans? And they're like, well, we get paid to not change them. It's really interesting to see debt be this high. I know we give them flack when it's due, but the axiom that Dave Ramsey uses of debt is dumb is true. Um, I always said it. If you have a ton of debt, I don't know one person that has 300000 in debt. And if we were to give them 300000 to wipe it away, they wouldn't take it. Live below your means, have to build a business, have to invest. I know it is tough to stay disciplined, but as a country, I think we've gotten, and, and I'm going to be very clear, it's the companies and marketing that pushes us to be in debt to buy things that we don't need to make companies stable that are mm -hmm. actually in, unstable without us consistently buying them. It is getting scary, though. We'll talk about it later, like our uh, country's jet, debt to GDP ratio as well. But I feel like they are trying to collapse the credit worthiness of the consumer and put us in more debt so that the regulations later would be easier to pass. Um, even with the crypto market, like I, we'll talk about it later, but I feel like they are not every avenue that people had to make money last year or, or in 2020, they're slowly closing those lanes off. But we have to get this under control immediately. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I looked at it, uh, not surprised, uh, but I, I always think back to like, let, let's let's go back to two to three years. Like these are the effects of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Right. If we look at unemployment, if we look at wages, when people don't have money, yeah, they're gonna go to credit, right? And again, and you said this this weekend, you had a, a great monologue about America being built on debt, but that's what's happened. That's what's happened. And even inside the pandemic, when we were looking at interest rates, and it was like, great, this is a great time. You can refinance your home. It's at a low rate. Mm -hmm. People were taking out home equity lines of credit. And when you take out home equity lines of credit at a low interest rate, that's great for you for the immediate, but you're adding to the length of your loan. Yes. And you're adding to the debt that is going to be accumulated because it doesn't matter if you bought a home for 400,000, right? By the time the bank is, the 30 year mortgage is paid, you've paid well over a million dollars for that home. Yeah, easy. Right? And so easy. I looked at the number, they said 14 million homes were more, or 1400, 14 million mortgages were refinanced during the pandemic period starting in March 2020, 14 million homes. So you got to think about that, right? Like at one point, banks stopped giving out HELOCs. I remember going to a bank that <laughs> I frequent and they were like, yeah, we're not offering it anymore. 
just mm-hmm. because of the amount of debt that had been accumulating. But like you said, student loan, right? That's been on pause. That's been on pause. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that the debt is still increased because people are still going to school and they're accumulating debt, let alone the people who are in repayment and haven't had to pay for two and a half years. So this number could actually be higher, right? If this wasn't a freeze until I don't know who I think next September. That and then when we talk about interest rates again, as we're going through the pandemic, we talked about the semiconductor problem. Mm-hmm. That affected cars. And so now there's less cars being made with the same products. And so now when there's less cars, there's going to be a premium on the cars that they have in inventory. And so now you're going to be paying over sticker. And if you're financing and you don't have great credit, then you're going to be paying a higher interest rate. And then that loan gets increased. And so all these factors are happening at the same exact time. On purpose. Can we be very honest? How did they get 72 million chips available for Dodge Chargers in one quarter? I know these are numbers is like a gross extrapolation, but they were driving up the value of houses, 30,000, 40,000 over asking. Some people were paying $20,000 above asking price for a car. They crashed the market and all of a sudden AMD and NVIDIA had enough chips to power your Tesla. The number one way to increase price is to limit the supply that is available. I feel like that was done on demand. So for those of you in the comments that may be watching the clip, hey, what's the play? The play, which I hate the term, but it's the investing companies that monetizes that. Visa is one of them. Historically, one of the best companies in the credit card space. Um, the return has been absolutely amazing. If you can get it around maybe 209, great. And if you think America is going to have less debt and consumers are going to have less debt, then you can short Visa. That would not be wise. But if you want to go long Visa, um, you'll see some considerable gains there because I want to get some actionable items for those who may be joining. If this is your first time, maybe watching the program. See what shot I'm learning. Five-year return on Visa, 76%. Uh, Six-month return is 10% while we are in a recession that they will not call. How you feel about Amex? I like Amex too. I wow. think Visa is just a leader, but if I had to pair them, it's like uh, Twin Towers. Um, that is a great credit spread that you can play. Um, as a result, if I pull up the stats real quick, all-time return for Visa is 5,826%. Mm. They have been down over the last year, down 5%. But I like Amex if you hold for the long term, for sure. So that's that's one way to benefit from it. So, kid, can can we do a monologue? Do a monologue? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Let me get you right. Get you right. It's been a while. Well, let me, I'm a, go ahead. I'm going to start with space. You went get you right. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. Get, get the camera angle right. Very, very important. Let's make sure. There we go. That, okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> all right. So, speaking about this this debt situation, it, it, it brings up a bigger issue um, that nobody really wants to talk about, where Americans are addicted to debt. And so, yes, Americans are addicted to debt. We live in a society that has forced us to be layaway consumers. We're in a, we're, we're in a layaway economy. Mm. Nobody even realizes it. Remember back in days, you used to go to like TJ Maxx in these stores and you put $30 down on something that cost $100, you make a couple of payments, and then three months, you actually be able to get the sweater. Um, the only difference now is that you can actually get the sweater without having to actually pay for, for, for it until you actually are done. So when you think about things like a car, a home, even college, credit cards. The common denominator is that we're spending 
on things that we can't afford. Mm -hmm. And we've been trained to put as little down as possible. Like that's something to, to be celebrated when even in the homes, right? Most, a lot of places in the world, the mortgage system is completely different. They don't have the same, like you buy a home in cash or you yes. put down 50%. We like, okay, how can we put down 1%, 3.5%? Well, what happens is that the only real people that benefit from this system is the banks because you're, we're trained to put down as little as possible. Right. But there's nothing, you don't get nothing for something for nothing in this world. So by putting down as little as possible, that means that you pay interest and who collects the interest, the bank. So by the time you actually get finished paying for your home, you pay, you could have brought three properties for that same amount. So it's like, and this happens at every income level, even people that are millionaires. Somebody that has a million dollars, instead of buying a home for $500,000 in cash, they put 10% down on a $10 million home mm -hmm. that they can't afford. And this happens in, in college. Instead of going to a community college, which is virtually free, you want to go to an out-of-state school and major in something that you're not going to make any money in and go into $150,000 of student loan debt. And then when you come out of college, then you can't even work to pay your loan back. Mm -hmm. This is the same for credit card debt because you're spending your credit cards on vacations to go to Miami and Balenciaga bags because we are trained to not think about it now, but think about it later. Mm -hmm. And when the hangover comes, we just delay it even more. And just push the can down the road even more. So auto loan, same thing. Instead of buying a car that you can actually afford, well, how can I get the Mercedes? Can't afford it, but $500 a month, not that bad. Just go for it. Just do it. YOLO. So, yeah, <laughs> we can give you solutions on how to, you know, cut debt and how to invest in companies. That's important. But why don't you try buying things that you can actually afford? That would probably be even more beneficial, right? So this is something that I know a lot of people don't really want to address this issue because this makes us look in the mirror. But we're constantly putting ourselves in debt for things that we can't afford to impress people that we don't know. And eventually, you're going to have to pay it back. Yep. And it's a sobering, it's a sobering reality. But the party always ends. At, at some, some point, point. <laughs> at some point in time. So I just think it's important just to, you know, put that in perspective. And like I said, this is this is this is a, a notion that Americans have come to normalize. But a lot of places in the world, they don't understand that. They're like, right, you want to live somewhere? Your home costs one hundred thousand. You save money until you have one hundred thousand dollars. Big facts. And then you buy the home or you yep. or you or, or you move in with five relatives and each put down twenty five thousand. Yeah. And now you each have a room. Mm -hmm. That's that's an option. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like we've just become so desensitized to borrowing money and stretching things out as long mm -hmm. as possible. 20-year mortgages, 30-year, they talking about 50-year mortgages. Like yeah. just 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 be careful. Be careful. Be mindful. And, and going to, to your point, if we look at country, so everyone listening, you don't have to follow anything that we say, right? Look at the companies, countries that have a inverted yield curve, which predicts recession. I want to name some of them. Chile, Iceland, Czech Republic, Canada, Sweden, United States, New Zealand, Qatar, Israel, Germany, Norway, Hong Kong, Switzerland, 
South Korea, and the United Kingdom. These are the biggest nations, and all signs are pointing to debt accumulation leading to destruction of GDP. For those who don't know what that means, all those countries are like underwater and broke right now. It's a threat to national security also. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the weaker you are as a country, the more debt you have as a country. Now, that is a ripple effect across pretty much every area of the economy. So individuals have too much debt. The government has too much debt. We're borrowing money from companies. The companies are under the pressure of foreign entities. The government's borrowing money from China. It's all coming back. Oh, fear monger, Rashad. You know, no, we're just talking saying, about China. Just, it's just the reality. So it's like China. And then it's like <laughs> the student loan thing is extremely important because student loans is actually the second biggest debt. Most The biggest debt for an average person is the mortgage. Yep. The second biggest debt is student loan. $1.6 trillion. And it's crazy because... Trillion. Um, so we're giving away some money for our high school. Yes. Five, yes, we are. Yes, we we're giving away uh, scholarships to five students. We're giving away um, just because we wanted to do something that was impactful. Well, no, right? but let me tell a story. Oh, you want to tell a story? Oh, you so, want to talk about the, the scholarship? No, no. Ian, so here's the thing. We're giving, we're giving away... I'll just keep it... Brief. Right. We give away. We're giving away five thousand dollars, right? We did it last year, <laughs> and um, to to receive the money, students they had to write an you know they had to write an essay about why they should get the money. No, the, so they had to. It was just like a future business plan, not even like an idea, not even a plan. I shouldn't say plan. A future business idea. What would you do with the thousand? It was relatively easy. Simple. Yeah. How many essays do you think we got? Four. How many? Four. You overshot it by 50%. Wow. There was no chat GPT back then. <laughs> so two. I don't think it was that many. Yeah, we got two. Two. We got two? Two. So so we upped it this year. We said, look, we're going to do it. We're going to open it up for five students. Five students. To date, how many think you think essays do you think we got? Zero. I've been on Duolingo. Zero. We have not got one yet. Haven't got one so yet. So here's the crazy thing about it. All you got to do is write the essay. You got to get money. And chat so, GPT. One or two things is not happening. Maybe it's not marketed correctly. That could be our fault. Possibly. Or it's just a complete lack of motivation for, and this is like, this goes back to the debt thing. I would rather just take out student loan because I don't have to do anything. Fill out some paperwork, take out student loan. I got to actually sit down and write an essay for $1,000. I mean, there's there's negligence, right? There's negligence from the student part. There's negligence from an administrative part as well, right? So the kid, if the kids don't know about it, then they won't know to to do it. That's one part of it, right? But there are kids who do know about it and are choosing not to do we it. Have not, and there's parents who know about it and are doing nothing. Well, you we have not received one essay yet. Yeah, and that's just for our high school, Woodlands High School here in uh, well, it's in Hartsdale, New York. But I'm, but here, saying, but I'm saying because people are like, how do I get the thousand? It was for our high school. So if you're a senior at Woodlands High School, right? If you're in Greenberg, you're in Hartsdale, and you go to Woodlands and you're a senior, this is for you. But like I said, th- this goes back to a wider issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point of what? Was of of, yeah, of writing an essay. When I could just borrow money. 
it's a mentality that we've been ingrained to think to do the least amount of pop. We want to do the least amount and get the most. Okay. Now if we can be honest, who, who it put that into our society? Cause we have to have a bigger, and I keep trying to have the conversation. I don't want to run any relationships. We have to go to the top with the banks and with the venture capital firms. Cool. Pushing this. It's a business first. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. no, no, for sure. But I'm just saying, it's just the mentality that we have been ingrained in to do the least to get the most. We want to do the least amount to get the most. But partly true, right? Because there's people, and I've been in that boat, right? Where it was like, my parents were, I guess we were middle class. And it was like, you got to fill out, you can't even get student loan. You got to fill out financial aid first. And then you don't qualify financial aid if you make a certain amount. And then you got to get student loan because you can't get it, right? So if my parents are middle class, we're not getting any financial aid, right? So like, I, got, I remember I got a check for $36 for financial aid. What am I going to do with that? So now it's like, if my parents don't have it and I don't have it, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's, here's, here's a novel idea. This is this is the harsh reality of life. Oh. If you can't afford to buy something, don't buy it. That includes college. That includes okay. college. That includes college. This is something that I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback Can for. Can we get a rebuttal? Let me, finish. Is, Let me yeah. finish. I'm going to get a lot of pushback for. I'm not saying don't go to college. I'm saying go to where you can afford. Everybody can afford community college. That's almost free. Now. That's almost free. So my thing is this, right? Instead of you trying to take out a bunch of student loan to go to an out-of-state school, whether it's an HBCU school, whether it's whatever, if you, if you financially can't afford to go to school and your parents know that, why don't you encourage your kid or tell your kid, look, you go to junior college for two years, mm -hmm. right? Which essentially, even if you have to work part-time, you could pay for junior college. It's very affordable. Um, so now you get to, to, you get to have an associate's degree mm -hmm. right under your belt. And if you do well enough, now you can potentially get a scholarship based off of past performance or even if you have to pay, you can still go to a state school to finish out your bachelor's degree. But paying for two years is a lot more beneficial for paying for four years. Right. That's something that would substantially decrease the student loan crisis in this country. Just so some, some self-accountability has to be. Can I be God's advocate real quick? Definitely, definitely decrease the student loan crisis for sure. Well, for sure. if if master's degrees are not affording people to live or or get a wage that is fair, that is commensurate to what they've invested, then how is getting an associate degree better per se? That, well, that's not, but master's degrees are what master's degree you're getting is, is the key. So this goes back to another situation as far as education. What are you majoring in, right? So we know that social sciences, communications, a lot of these degrees doesn't, doesn't matter if you have a, a doctorate degree, you're still facing an uphill battle, but just put it on Instagram a few days ago, the top 10 professions, as far as how much you get paid are all medical professions. Mm -hmm. So medical profession, STEM is still making money in, in medical field architecture, if you're going to be a doctor, if you're going to be a lawyer, there's still a high, you still are going to outpace the average American as far as the amount of money that you're going to make. So it's not necessarily that a uh, master's degree is not earning money. It's what kind of master's degree that you have. 
that's not earning money. If you have a master's degree in sociology, it's going to be, it's going to still be difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Yeah, but, even, mm-hmm. but even those in the medical field, they, they also have the highest debt burden as well. Yeah, they have the highest. And, and, and about the time that it takes to, to achieve that. Well, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. So there are, you have to think of, okay, what's going to put me in the best situation possible to make money? If it's all about mitigating risk, if you want to go to college, but you, the, don't, you don't have to go to college, but if you want to go to college, there's no guarantee that you're going to be successful either way, but you put yourself in the best position as possible. The best position is to make sure that you have as least debt as possible, mm-hmm. right? And then you, you, you're in a better place. It's still not a guarantee that you're going to win, right. but you're in a better place as opposed to just winging it and just getting $80,000 of debt off the rip. And now you're in a worse place. Yeah, but that goes back to, and that's now. We can speak of it now, right? And that was pretty much my strategy. It was like, look, I'm going to stay close to home. I'm going to find the most affordable school. I'm going to try to have at least debt that is going to put on my parents, which is eventually going to turn on me because they're going to be co-signers. So that, that was the plan. The difference now is that, well, then was that there wasn't any education behind it. So like when you're the first person that's going to school and you, and this is the American dream, right? Like all you, especially like first generation kids, it's like, you got to go to college because that's how you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to it is it is money, right? Like you got to think about the return on the investment. So if I'm going here, I have to finish. Most kids go and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But at that yeah. point, you're already in debt. You ha- almost have to finish. I spoke to a student the other day. She's studying in PT. She's like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Well, you're five years in. Guess what? You got to have to finish. You got to finish. <laughs> because if you don't, you can't afford to start over. And if you do, you're going to start at a base salary. Well, that's going to at least provide you with a salary in some profession. And so we got to, I'll say this, right? Because I went to school, I was educated, I'm going to be as kind as possible, right? If money is the root of the decision, then we have to find different ways to get to the money. Yeah. Whether it's finding a trade, whether it's finding a skill, some of these professions you have to go through. Oh, what do you mean? If money's the root of the decision. So why are we going to college to be because I want to make money? money. All right. That's the root but, of it, right? But but not but necessarily, the, not necessarily. Well, then then why are we going ninety percent? I would say more than ninety percent, right? If I didn't have to so go to college, black, it's a hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> right, right. It was like yo, that's the way to uh, quote unquote accumulate wealth or be successful, quote unquote, right? If I didn't have to go, if there was another route, if there was an earning leisure in two thousand and six. Bro, I might not be going to grad school. So here's the thing. You know what I'm saying? So like here's the, the education and the resources have changed. I think that. Whereas, hold on, let me finish. Where where people can make wiser decisions. So that strategy that you're talking about, like, yes, go to community college, two-year school, find another affordable school. But even at, after you find that associate's degree, you still may not have or be in a position where your parents can afford it. So you're still going to be in some form of debt. You want to mitigate it. You, as, le- you, as, lessen, as, you lessen it. Right. You want to mitigate the risk as much as possible. But there's still going to be a, a, a certain amount of debt that's going to be accumulated. It's just about how much you're going to accumulate. But you're doing that because you want to, again, make money. It's like when I'm a teacher, in order for me to make more money, I got to go back to school to get more credits. Well, I'm not even learning anything. I'm just going to get credit so I can make more money. If the goal is to learn, then there has to be a different incentive, right? If people are plus 30 or they're plus 60 or they have their doctorate, they're doing that in their, in their prof- especially in education, because they're like, that's where the highest salary is at. Yeah. Here's the thing. There's alternatives. Um, and I don't want to harp on this situation for too long, but it's important. When you are in the pursuit of education, as far as a degree from college, there's ways to go about it that might take longer, that might not be as glamorous, 
but can eliminate a lot of debt. You can work while you're going to school. Mm -hmm. You can stay home. You can go to community college. You can take six years to get a four-year degree. This, these are things that you can that you can do, right? So I like the, all those except the six-year. Why though? Because what I'm saying six years. I mean, you taking you taking time. You might not have all day. It like costs. my mom, my mom worked while she went to school, right? Yeah. So she didn't have the like I didn't. I just went to school. Yeah. So yeah. she didn't have the uh, the option to go to school from. 10 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. to four o'clock and she might've had two hours. Right. So okay. I'm saying like, instead of 12, 13 credits, you might just take six credits a semester. I, I, That's why I'm saying six years. And here's, uh, here's my opposition to it because I was, I am that person, right? Like I worked and I went to school and what happened when I was trying to get into the workforce, it was like, all right, the people that I had been in school with are now, they have two more years of experience than, than I have. Yes. Right. I, I now fall behind that class that I started with because their experience level is higher. Right. I'm spacing it out because, yeah, I don't have the time. I have to go to school on Saturday. I'm going to school at night as opposed to somebody who's taking 18 credits in a semester. It's different. But what, what it does, again, because when we're in the work field, there is no age limit. You're competing against everybody. And so every year that I'm going to school, salary is increasing. I'm having less experience. It takes away from that. I'm yeah. just saying from a personal And in the interview process, the employee may ask why it take you six years to graduate. I don't think it really doesn't necessarily, not nobody's ever asked why it takes six years to graduate because as long as you have a degree, that you have a degree. That's true. But uh, my thing is this. I don't know, uh, regardless uh, of anything. Uh, go ahead. And let, and I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we could, we could go all episode on this. But uh, make smart decisions. Try to lower your debt yes. if possible. Mm -hmm. Student loan debt is one is the second biggest debt any American. So this is a very important thing. And mortgages is the most, is the biggest debt. So even with the mortgages, try to go about it the correct way. Try to buy homes yeah. that you can afford house hack, multifamily. Um, don't put yourself in a tremendous financial hardship just to live somewhere because that's not beneficial either for you just to be working, just to pay a mortgage and property yeah. taxes. That's not a recipe for, for financial freedom down line as well. Do the snowball method. If you're trying to get rid of your credit card debt, that is when you're paying, if you have multiple credit cards, you're paying a higher amount on the larger credit cards until you pay the larger credit card off. And then you use that money to the second largest and then kind of work your way backwards from there. That's a beneficial way to kind of um, go about it. Definitely call your credit card, um, you know, to try to negotiate. That is something that you can potentially do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, be wise with your decisions, with your spending. Just, you know, you just got to be, you just got to think if, in auto loans, Definitely look at, you know, different options before purchasing a car. Look at the difference between if you lease a car and if you um, buy a car, look at used cars, look at different things that go into play here before you just make a decision. Because sometimes you make a decision, you think you're doing the right thing and you're putting yourself in tremendous debt. So $17 trillion of debt for Americans is something that's concerning. Mm. And um, I think that everybody should look at their own personal situation and reevaluate it and see how they can do better. I agree. My only final take that I want to put on this is that three of the biggest products in the banking system are mortgages, student loans, and overdraft fees. I don't want it to come off as if we're blaming the people because if they are profiting off of the $17 trillion, um, at what point will we put pressure on Wells Fargo, Bank of America, JP Morgan, who I have a relationship with, um, and other banks and institutes. That's part of the reason like why some of these regional banks are falling apart as well. 
Like, it's not the people that put themselves, like, even in 2007, people got blamed for doing bad mortgages, but they never talked about the derivatives trading that Wall Street did off the loans. It wasn't the consumers that crashed the market. It was all the shitty trading from and swaps and derivatives that they were doing on the assets and then lying about the ratings of those. So at some point, uh, we have to have a larger conversation around banking, doing the right thing. And a part of our desire to expand rapidly is causing our corrosion as well, because you, you can't expand without printing more money at scale and going back to tech, like even Apple. Apple as a company is worth more than all of the Russell 2000. You guys know I love Apple, but that's the biggest sign of a bu bubble. How can one stock be bigger than a fucking index? Because majority of the other companies in the Russell 2000 small cap are not worth what they were valued at. Most of the venture companies that have got back in, in the last three years are underwater. So if they were valued two years ago at $190 billion or $190 million, they're really worth 85 right now. But they are not going to go back and regrade all of those. We have a bigger debt issue, an asset issue across every class. Commercial real estate um, in San Francisco, 45% vacancy rate, 22% in Chicago. These are major bubbles. And people want to say we're fear-mongering about China. But when Wealth posted, I don't see them comments. I'll be looking. I'll be on the video. But, then, but we can move on. But I think we got to put some pressure on the banks. Yeah. To put up, to make sure that they're not taking advantage of us and then blaming us when it goes belly up. Yeah, you uh, you said Apple. They they're actually worth more than the GDP of the UK as well. <laughs> Think about that. They're worth two point seven trillion, and the GDP of the UK is two point six trillion. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. Um, That's pretty yes. unbelievable. But we live in America. It's a capitalist society. So you can never look at institutions and banks for any way out. You That's have true. to take, you have to take accountability as a person because it's ultimately in their best interest to make sure that you're ignorant, that you're making bad decisions, that you're putting yourself in debt. Yes. I mean, that's that's yes, that's, that's, yes. that's the way. Yes, you're right. That's the that way is business model. You, you are right. That's that's the corporate <laughs> structure of America. So knowing that is not good enough to say like this would be the equivalent to say like okay, um, McDonald's should stop serving Big Macs and the, the school system should serve better food. Yeah, that all should happen. It's not in their best interest. So me as an intelligent person, I can't blame my health issues on outside entities. I have to take responsibility for myself and say that I'm a competent person who can make decisions and I am choosing to make healthy choices in my eating habits because I don't want to have high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol. I don't want to go through that. Just like the debt situation. We all have to take responsibility. And if you don't know, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But if you're educated and you do it, then that's a decision. Accountability. What, what if you, what do you do if you can't avoid it? Like, let's take the food sourcing scenario. Um, what do you do if we can't avoid the poison or you live in an area where there's a food desert or if we talk about glyphosate, which destroys the gut biome, which has been the number one leading factor for obesity going up 700 percent. This has been a class action lawsuit on that company. Well, you know, I used to you know, I used to live in Baltimore. So I did a, I did a whole um, survey on food deserts. I did an actual study um, on food deserts. So I, I know about food deserts for sure. I actually did a research study on it firsthand and um, for sure. 
that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, right, this one of the things that is a common misconception is that it's, it's expensive to eat good. It's actually more expensive not to eat good. So we all still have choices to make, no matter what your circumstances are. Um, 19 Keys, he gave me the book, How to Eat to Live. That was written by Elijah Muhammad in 1950. Yeah. In the worst economic situation for black people, worse than what we all have now. More, And he wrote that he wrote in 1950, How to Eat to Live. There's a whole book dedicated on healthy living, how to eat, how to grow your own food, how to different things. So, yeah, we're always going to have challenges in America, especially as black people. But in 2023, we have to find ways to overcome those challenges. We have to find ways because petitioning, going to the government, going to corporations, trying to hold them accountable, it's not going to work. Be honest yeah. with you. It's not going to work. So, yeah, we are, we are up against the uphill battle and there's, there's challenges, but you you have to find ways to beat the challenges. If not, we're going to continue to lose. But having said that, um, let's mm-hmm. talk about let's talk about crypto, shall we? Yes. Um, Pepe coin. <laughs> this Pepe coin situation is legendary. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, man. You want to go over it? Uh, I mean, Pepe coin, it's, it's another means that we've, we've seen those we've seen, what was the other one called, but to tote, not Satoshi, but I forget. Shiba, Shiba, Shiba. We, we've seen this. Right. And so you would think that we, we know what's coming from this, right? Pepe is named after a frog. It really has no use case. And admittedly, so it is a mm-hmm. meme. It is a character that is widely popular on Twitter. And um, April 19th, it it, it started trading. And since that day, since that day, it has surged to over $1.6 billion in market value. Yep. $1.6 billion Mm -hmm. in market cap value for a coin that actually has no use case at all, is a meme, has been on Twitter as a meme. I'm not sure. What do I mean? Sounds like Dogecoin. Right. It just hasn't had. It hasn't had. It dropped seventy one percent. So that's the first part. That's the first part. It it went up to one point six billion. And earners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right. We're creating a new educational experience that's more expansive. Shari, tell me what we got. Yes, twenty twenty three. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy real estate calls with mg the mortgage guy access to the home buying blueprint volume one and volume two part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the united states live interactive teaching hands-on not just pre-recorded videos plus 15 brand new curriculums the biggest just got bigger head over to eyluniversity.com that's e-y-l-u-n-i V-E-R-S-I-T-Y dot com. See you there. And it dropped 70%. Now, is this a pump and dump? If they had a textbook like scenario on a pump and dump, this would be this would be a- the, the frog would be the picture of it. Yeah. And the reason I want to bring it up, shout out to everyone who invests in crypto and is like a crypto enthusiast. Because normally I would go off the rails and be like, told you so. But my thing is with Doge and now Pepe Coin. 
do you guys feel that they are actively trying to defame and destroy the crypto market by having those go, go up and then fall 90%, Pepe coin go up and then drop 70%. Um, there's yep. a bunch of coins you can trade internationally while Gensler is railing against crypto, while Fed now is being pushed. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot more initiatives on the banking side to centralize all of the asset classes right. so that they now have more control. Well, what, so, this, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so what does it do when something like that happens, right? It brings that emotion back into it. It's fear. What are we doing? We shouldn't be doing this. Why are we here? Why are we Because, yeah, that pump and dump affects that coin, but it does affect the overall crypto market. The overall sentiment of crypto. Exactly. So since April 19th, this is a statistic. So it's April 19th, Bitcoin, right? It started in 2023 with four straight months of gains. And since April 19th, it's pulled back 7%. Yep. Just on the launch of the Pepe coin because of it. Yeah. No, no, no. You can't say because of no, it. No, no, no. I'm just saying, well, that's since not, that, that's not, not because, not because, you're right, you're right. Not, I should say because of it. Since that date, that's fair to say, right? Since April 19th, when that came in, in, into the coin, as a, a coin you could purchase, since that date, Bitcoin has fallen by 7%. Ethereum has fell by 8% during that same period. It was lost on Ethereum, yeah. Right? And so these two have fallen almost by double digits, but Solana, another coin in the top 10, has fallen by 14%. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the coins when we talk about use case, and we've gone over the use cases for Ethereum. We talked about Solana in detail. The overall effect of having a coin go up like that and then plummet, it goes back to the, what are we doing here? That trust factor, should we be using this? Which also brings down the price of some of these other coins. Now, that might be intentionally. Like, even if I'm, no, no, it right, is. I'm, I'm hearing you alluding to like this is very done very intentionally. We yeah. we saw crypto, we saw Bitcoin go down to fifteen thousand. We saw it go back up over thirty. April nineteenth happens. Now we see it pull back eight percent. I mean, and, and you can say the meme coins okay, they have a reason to drop, but there's no reason. And you can even make a case because Pepe Coin was launched on Ethereum. There could be some slight correlation why it hasn't gone up. But like for Bitcoin to be hovering at twenty seven thousand, while Apple has put, surpassed the the market cap of the Russell 2000 Bitcoin should be probably at 35,000. So they are actively suppressing. And you know, normally I take the other side of this argument, but they are actively suppressing every asset inside of crypto and demonizing it while trying to take it over and have their own iteration of it. This is why I say when you're investing, you have to know who the players are in it what their initiatives are. But when you have a, you have opposition like Gensler, which is completely anti-crypto. Now, another um, chair may come in in the future and may love it. We may get a presidential change. And as a result, the SEC chair may change, but there's no reason for crypto or Bitcoin to have been at 69,000. I said it would drop to 17 and got there. That was a good buy level. If you look at like a 200 day moving average on a longer macro chart, 17,000 on 92 was a good time to buy. It's only one up to 27,000. It should have doubled by now. But but they've actively promoted. And I don't know why they haven't had a stronger initiative around Bitcoin being like the index for crypto. And the same way Vanguard will promote VOO, VTI, so that they're having consistent growth on an institutional side to be a lot higher, but I feel like they're doing this on purpose and promoting these projects at scale to demonize it and have the legislation then back it. Even the XRP case, like they keep having continuances on that. When are they finally going to release 
whatever the decision is going to be there as well. But then, of course, Fed now comes into place. And now Walmart, of course, has stated they, of course, they don't have a choice. Um, will be there. Amazon will be there. Like, I feel like they are doing everything that they can to make sure that the people don't have other ways to be able to monetize. But that's my theory on that. Okay. Somebody made money. Yeah. yeah. Somebody always makes money. Somebody made money. Yeah. Somebody always makes money. Yep. Um, let's talk about small cap investing, shall we? Yes. So small cap, just for reference. So when we talk about investing, we have micro cap, which is extremely small companies. Mm-hmm. Then we have small cap, which are smaller companies. Then we have mid cap, which is like middle of the road companies. Then we have large cap. Then we have the mega cap companies, right? So when you're talking about small cap companies, you're talking about companies that have a market cap between 300 million and 2 billion mm-hmm. right? um, market cap. That's like, you know, the size of their company relative to how many shares they have available to the stock market times the price of the shares. So smaller cap companies um, usually are more volatile than the larger company when i was a financial advisor i used to say like this when i was comparing it like with the as a a large cap and and mega cap companies like apple like amazon google um these are like cruise ships yeah right where it might take a whole day for a cruise ship to make a turn because it's so big that it's not gonna quadruple in six months like it's probably not gonna happen like you said you know uh Microsoft might go up $15 by the end of the year or, mm-hmm. you know, it moves in increments like that. Whereas a small cap company is more like a speedboat where they could turn around in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So they have the potential to skyrocket in price. They also have the potential to sink in price as well. These yeah. are smaller companies that good news can send their price, you know, through the moon. Mm-hmm. Right. And they have the potential to jump from small cap to mid cap to large cap to, you know, mega caps over the course of time. Um, So when you're looking at smaller cap, it's a more volatile situation, um, but you have more potential for upside gain, but you also have more potential for downside risk as well, where the larger caps is more stable Mm -hmm. and then they have less potential for massive, massive gains, but they also have, uh, less risk involved as well. So having said that, um, small cap, right? You have the Russell 2000, which you just mentioned. Um, and we talk about the S&P 500 a lot, which is yeah. 500 of the biggest companies that make up the stock market, uh, a microcosm of the market, um, all different sectors. But then there's the S&P 600. Yes. Um, focuses on small cap situations. So is the S&P 600 better index to look at for small caps than the Russell 2000s? And anything else that you want to add as far as education is concerned to the small cap conversation, feel no. free to chime in. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, a ticker they can look at is IJS. Um, so Ian... Jack Stanley, IJS is the ticker. Um, the top holdings in it are Meritage Homes Corporation, Rating Group, Essential Properties, Realty Trust, John Bean Technologies, Group One Automotive, and TriPoint Homes. So two years ago, I gave an assignment to begin looking at the Russell 2000 
to find some companies that may be outliers. Um, I want to give you guys a homework assignment now to look at the uh, S&P 600 to see if you can find some companies that have some great growth there. Now, normally when we are in a market like we are now where they haven't announced a recession, we'll talk about cycles later, but um, these small cap companies face a little bit more pressure. So if you're looking at that 200 day moving average as a place to buy, that would be, so hypothetically, if you're looking at IJS, like an entry of like 62.83 would be ideal for safety because a small cap can draw down 20 to 30%. Um, but in a recession, normally large caps do do better, but let's say things lighten up and they announce, hey, no recession, hypothetically, um, we're done raising interest rates, the economy is fine. We will see some of these small caps take off. So normally it's a large cap first, then mid and then small, but you like Rashad said, you can have a lot more growth, but if you want to take the ETF route, IJS through BlackRock is one way that you can approach it. If you want to get some exposure there. So same strategy of indexing the ETF, but the, I know we haven't talked about the 600 before. I think that's a good way to get some exposure, but I want everyone in here tonight to go through the S and P 600 and find two companies to put in your watch list there that could break out for massive gains over the next year and a half or two years. So as far as makeup, we talk about two tech, two index. Um, what percentage of a person's portfolio should be in small cap, if any? And does it does it change by how old they are? Um, the older you get, I will have less exposure. Like if you're I think if you're above 50, I personally will lean on large cap. For sure. But if you're younger and you want more growth, like let's say if you're 22 or 25 and you're like, I don't want 10 percent growth and I can take more risk and hold on. I would probably do maybe 20 percent maximum exposure to small cap and then let everything else be in indexes and um, large cap. So you have the protection there because everyone says that they want the exposure until the market slides down 40, 50 percent. Um, so it sounds good when it's going up. But can you handle that loss? So hypothetically, like if you had $80,000, could you stand to lose 60000 for two years before you see it go up? Most people say no. And even on a two-tech, two-index, like, I mean, it, it may not be 50% or the gains that we were seeing in crypto or NFTs two years ago. Before, even for Apple to be up 20-something percent year-to-date, that's a hell of a return. Like if you had 100000 in it to be up twenty seven to 28000 that's great, but 20% exposure for small caps is uh, where I would stop out at, for sure. Okay. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I was going to say, even if people are looking at te technology, I know we talk about QQQ, but even QQQ offers uh, a small cap index as well. Yep. Yeah. I was going to, you think we, this might be a good time when we talk about small cap companies. I know we brought up Etsy, Etsy in the past. We brought up Five Below. You want to bring up some charts? Yes, it is. Let's talk about a company. Let, let's talk about uh, Celsius, man. This is a, this is a company at once was a small cap, and when we talk about the upside, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times, yeah, that might not seem attractive to you, right? Microsoft going up six percent for a year might not seem attractive. It is, but it might not seem attractive. We talk about a company like Celsius. It's a beverage company. Um, there was news that Pepsi was was merging with them or acquiring them for five hundred and fifty million quietly. I mean, this might have been one of the quietest things. I'm going to give you uh, access to share the screen right now, Ian. Yes. Quietly, they have Jesus. gone up 219% in 12 months. That is insane. Yeah, the yearly open was at 105. 
uh, 52. I mean, if you just look at the chart, you can see that growth. This line here, of course, is a moving average. So you had a little signal back in May to buy. <clears throat> it was like at 41.32, but it went from 41.32 up to it's at 130.58 now. It's too high to buy right now, but I would definitely put on my watch list ticker is CELH for those of you that are listening on the audio experience and not watching us live. Um, but yeah, this is some great growth. Now, the thing is, if you look at this market, Right here, the temptation would be, well, I don't want to wait. And every time we've seen any of us not wait or get into a trade when it's too high, it always seems to pull back a lot lower. So the previous top in December was 126.96, 121.96 and 118. So from 118 to 121 is too high. I will wait for it to pull back with this growth over the last, uh, like you said, 12 months, yeah. 12 months has been great. And so, like, I know a lot of times it's like, yo, they, yeah, we don't pay attention to the news. We watch the charts. But sometimes listening to the news about what's going on in a company can change, yep. right? So when they announce that they're going to be using Pepsi's distribution network, that's a huge thing for a beverage company. You should probably know that, right? And so yep. since that's happened, their quarterly sales have gone up by $260 million mm. in a quarter. $260 million, 95% increase from a year ago that's ridiculous when they reported their earnings it was like they beat estimates by 40 cents that's crazy most times you, you hear estimate oh you know when they'll say they beat wall street's estimate by about three cent three cent yeah two cent seven cent they beat it by 40 cent mm -hmm. as well played let's see what it is on the hour oh yeah even today it hit a low 127 it's up to 130 so there's there's some movement on here i will put it on your watch list i definitely wouldn't buy right now but that growth has been that growth is amazing. incredible yeah that's like that quietly 200 i mean look at it, it gapped just from from the ninth it gapped from 105.52 and shot up to a high of 135 yeah right so people probably had projections of what the quarter was going to do right before it was about to announce its earnings they probably saw like what was happening mm -hmm. and people jumped in but but look at the power of the long term hold. I always go back to that. It is. It's not the most fun thing. In twenty twenty, it was at five dollars and fifty three cent. It is at a hundred and thirty dollars. And even if you look back here, so these green candles are monthly candles. You had signs of positive growth, so it wasn't like it was sliding negative and all of a sudden took off. Month after month, you see all green. One blue candle here, blue is like a, a negative month, but the growth on the upside has been continuous so that's why i always stress hold for the long term i know it may not be fun but if you hold the right company for the long term you can get option like gains in your long-term portfolio if you're holding over a multi-year period there you have it incredible you wanted to go over some other charts yeah let's dance through a, a few real i know we haven't done charts in a while so let's start with nvidia um and I can't, I promise, oh my God, I want to break my promise. When I was in the meeting last week, um, I was told not to tell why, because he's working on the project, right? But AMD is going to be the consumer side of AI. NVIDIA is going to be the enterprise. And I saw the project he was working on. I'm telling you, NVIDIA may hit 500 bucks in like a year and a half. That's all I will say. Um, the growth on NVIDIA has been tremendous. Of course, we already know, I think it's like up 80% for the year. Mm -hmm. Um but if you're looking at AI, because everyone keeps asking about AI, AMD will be the consumer discretionary play. NVIDIA will be the enterprise. There was a lot of talk about Budweiser and its fallout because of whatever social. Uh, we won't get into that part of it, right? But if we look at ticker Bud, B-U-D, they were having issues before. 
It's one of my favorite lessons. Like, when was the previous all-time high? This was all in 2017, 136.08. And then we can see that we've slowly been sliding down. Even if I go to, let's say, like a weekly chart, this company was having issues before. Now is not a time to buy. And of course, like for beverage-based companies, Celsius isn't going through it. Coca-Cola isn't going through it. But for most beverage companies in a recession, even though they haven't called it, those margins begin to tighten and people don't buy as much and those profit margins shrink. So I would stay away from beverage and most food companies um, for the long term. Let's take a look at FRC. We've talked about this before. Oh, well, they're not listed anymore. Let's look at Meta. Meta is continuing to be on a tear. I'm still looking to see what innovation they bring up outside of um, this AI conversation, but they are talking about the metaverse a hell of a lot less. Most of these gains came from the layoffs, but I'm looking to see in the next quarter what products and initiatives they bring forth from there. Let's look at um, Japanese market, the Nikkei. So one thing that I found really interesting, I think we all can agree unanimously that our market and economy is a lot stronger than the Japanese Nikkei. But the Nikkei has been on an incredible tear. And it's not 100% correlated, but sometimes when other countries indexes take off is usually a sign that ours is about to take off. So if you look at this monthly chart, since we bottomed out in January at 25,000, some change, the Nikkei is now at 29,000. If you look at our NASDAQ, it's on the same run, but it's moving a lot slower. I think the market may need two more p positive pieces of news, or if the Fed announces that they're going to stop hiking rates, I think that may be the catalyst for the NASDAQ to then take off as a result let's go to the S&P 500 so we see the same thing um, that the ES is not or S&P 500 is not moving as fast but when you look at other markets internationally you see that they're moving a lot faster as a result let's look at um, MMP real quick let's ask me about this so I always go to that five year chart first Magellan has had a great run but look at this huge drop here in 2020 the high previously was at 72.90. So this is almost at its resistance point. It went from 22 to 63. If you held it from 25, great. I will begin to take profit. But companies that normally bleed underneath this 200-day moving average, I tend to stay away from. Um, and if it gets to 72, I definitely would get out if you guys are in profit on that. And I, I will jump to it. They're, they're part of the mergers and acquisitions today, right? They got acquired today. Yep. And a sleeper. I know a lot of things. My shout out to my guy Kevin who sent me this one. FCNCA. So this is First Citizens uh, bank shares because most banks are getting destroyed. Look at this chart. Mm. This is the sleeper of the month. I wish I would have called it, but it came down to the 200 day moving average. Everyone put in chat the willingness to stick to your trading plan and investing plan is what determines. What will make you the money, not the indicator? Because I see too often people change when they want to get in. The 200-day is, is a thing that the hedge funds use, whether using it on v, VWAP, EMA, SMA. It came down here to 519, and when all the banks are getting destroyed, they've been on an incredible tear, going from 916, currently at 1275 right now. Let me go to our chart. And even today, they came back down on this hour chart to the 200-day moving average. At 1239, it hit a high of 1284. It's currently at 1276. This has been on a tear while 
all the regional banks are getting destroyed. And if we look at Bank of America on a long term chart, like a five year Bank of America is underneath their 200 day moving average, which is not a good sign. Shout out to Brian Moynihan. I think you're an amazing CEO, but the stock isn't good. So FCNCA, shout out to my guy, Kevin, for sending me this one. That is a sleeper stock of the month to put on your watch list. There you have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Stock. Yes, and if you want more stocks Watch. and more conversations on how to reduce debt and sleeper picks and how to trade, get your tickets to Market Mondays Live in London. That's a fact. Yes. Back there, that's your 18th. Um, we spoke about it. Right. I'm, I'm just looking at that chart, Ian. That's crazy. We spoke about crazy. them when, when they acquired SVB. Yep. <laughs> so let's get into had it. had on a hell of a run. <laughs> Ever since. Yep. Let's get into this. <laughs> EYO Sports. Um <sighs> Broke some news yesterday about Ja Morant. So let's get into this story. It's been trending. But before I do it, <laughs> speaking of EYO Sports, the red carpet of streetball. As you know, we are big basketball enthusiasts. And streetball in New York is part of the culture. It's hard to explain if you haven't experienced it firsthand, but summer tournaments it's just it's it's part of the fabric of the city and um the biggest tournament in new york and the biggest street ball tournament in the world is dykeman shout mm -hmm. out to our family Himalo. shout out to kenny shout out to the whole team over there miguel everybody man um miss b what's up b of she's gonna kill us if we don't say miss b what's of up course. um so we've been going to Dykeman for years. I've been going to Dykeman for over 20 years watching basketball games. Um, and the time has come. This summer, team Earn Your Leisure will make its debut. Dykeman? I, absolutely. <laughs> we are not coming. I've been holding on to this for a minute. <laughs> yeah. We are not coming to just participate. We are coming to dominate respectfully. Mm -hmm. We all due respect. We're all due respect. Shout out to TMT, uh, Floyd Mayweather's team. Shout out to Skull Gang, Drink Champs. I think they 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 with Drink Champs this year. Interscope has a team. A lot of people have teams. Mm -hmm. But when Ernie Leisure does something, it's different. Summertime shootout. <laughs> <laughs> I need my Kyle Watson jersey. <laughs> Birdie's revenge. <laughs> Birdie's revenge. Yeah. So we are going. You know, we have top top level contact. ASO, contact my boy Abdullah if you're looking to play. Only high-level talent, though. Only, only high-level high talent. You know, we got a lot of friends in the league. <laughs> Shit, ja and Mikey may need to pull up. They ain't playing soon. <laughs> the Sharpers. We try to break shooters, the real shooters. We try to break back that terror squad vibe, man. Shout boy. out to that Joe, man. That was an error. When, when they had it at the Rucker. So, yeah. They had to play to win the championship. We'll be releasing more information. But just know, this summer, Team Earn Your Leisure, Shout out to Fred. Um, okay, John Morant. Yeah. <sighs> okay, but before we go, are we putting on capes or are we going to be honest? We got to be honest. Okay. So um, yesterday said that he could potentially end up, this could end up costing him $100 million. First, I, first I just want to say exactly what happened for anybody that doesn't know, if you're under a rock. Uh, several months ago, John Morant was in a gentleman's club in uh, Denver, Colorado, mm -hmm. and um, he... Uh, showed a, a pistol on Instagram live and that, um, you know, got him in trouble and he had an eight game suspension. He had to go to therapy. 
he had to sit down with Jalen Rose and, you know, made a whole thing, apology towards, hey, you know, all right, kind of moved on. Everybody moved on. He got back to playing. He started playing. You know, he's doing John Moran things, you know, performing at a very high level. They lost in the playoffs to the Lakers. Well, that's a different story. Um, but, you know, everything was cool. He's, he's an overtime elite. I saw, you know, dancing. You know, kind of just one of these things where just everybody just kind of, like, let it go. You got Dylan Brooks into China. China. <laughs> um, and then yesterday. Boy. Yesterday, just when everything had, you know, been forgotten. In case you forgot. He he wanted to remind you again that he's uh, staying dangerous and yeah. um, in <laughs> listening to NBA Young Boy. He knows all the lyrics. Shout out to him um, in the passenger seat of his friend's like think it was his friend's car, his car, whatever. His friend was on Instagram Live, and um, he again showed a a gun and pointed it at his head. Um, his friend responsibly, as soon as he saw that, took the phone and tried to you know, but. At that point in time, it was already too late. Right. He has been put under suspension again. Indefinitely. Indefinitely. Um, wow. Uh, talking about historic. This is this is legendary. This is legendary on so many different levels. So before talking about this, I wanted to just make sure that I knew what I was talking about. So we have a lot of friends. I called one of my friends that is an NBA legend that's played for over a decade in the league. And I asked him. Firsthand, I said, how do these contracts work? He said, is there a moral clause? He said, yes, there's a moral clause. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, the thing about it is it has menacing, anything that, that, that can be deemed as menacing conduct. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like broad range open for interpretation, right? So he's like, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, he's, he has a First Amendment, right? Or whatever, Third Amendment, what is it? Second Amendment? To have a gun? Arms? That's the Second Amendment, right? I think so. Um, you have a right to bear arms. True. As an American citizen, you right. That's to own, but, not to brandish, though. But to w- work for a private company that has, in their, that has in their contract certain clause. Mm-hmm. And like he said, he explained to me the menacing um, clause that's in the contract and anything that can be deemed detrimental to um, the brand of the NBA and the team as well. Um if you violate that, then you can be held in contempt and you can be punished accordingly, however they feel is accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, brandishing guns, especially in that manner, which would deem to be reckless use of a firearm, mm-hmm. um, is not something that the NBA or probably the Memphis Grizzlies um, are overly enthusiastic about. So he already lost a lot of money, right? Because he gets paid. $540,000 per game. So last year, I think he got suspended for nine games. Eight. Eight games. Yep. Um, so that's a little over $4 million that um, he lost and last year. First team all NBA as a well, yeah, we'll, we'll so, get We're going to get there. So definitely going to get to that. So uh, the first team all NBA thing cost him $39 million. Now, I put a post that said he's top five players in the league. That's debatable. He's definitely top 10 players in the league. Well, you. Before you go there, let's talk about what, how it cost him $39 million. Well, I'm about to go over it. All right, let's do it. So um, these contracts – this is a financial conversation, by yeah, the way. That's what yeah. we're talking about. So uh, a lot of these NBA contracts are incentive-based, mm. right? If you if you score a certain amount of points. And a lot of them are tied to all NBA teams. So there's, there's three all NBA teams, first team, second team, and third team. And a lot of them, if you make an all NBA team, then you'll receive more money. He had it in his contract. If he made an all NBA team, um, he would receive $39 million more. 
Well, so it, it happened. It's actually made for Derrick Rose. So what happened? It's called the Rose Rule. It's it's if you outperform your contract within your first year within your rookie contract, and so Ja was in within his rookie contract last year, right? And so he automatically he made an NBA All NBA team last year. He now qualifies for a max extension, and so the first extension he can get is for one hundred ninety four thousand. But because he made last year, I'm sorry, million. Because he was part of it, he can now sign a max deal, a super max, where he can get up to $234 million, right? And so the fact, I mean, the suspension obviously played a role. Well, Kendrick Perkins said it himself, because Kendrick Perkins has a vote. Yeah. So he said, he, he said, him? I didn't vote for him on the All-NBA team because of, because of the gun. Mm-hmm. He was. <laughs> that, that's crazy that he's, crazy. I, 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 I I'm glad that he said it because there's other people. Like, well, you don't, you don't know. Well, yeah. this is a person that actually has a vote. Yeah. So if he's if he's vocally saying that, how many other people didn't vote for him because of this situation? I'm sure plenty of people because he was for four months throughout the season he was in the MVP conversation. His team finished number two in the West when he stopped. They were number one at one point in the West. If you're saying that he's not one of the top players in the league, you have no idea what you're talking. At least top six point guards. He's he's, he's one, top right? five for sure. He, That's what I'm saying. He's listen. He's he, AI on steroids. Averaging right? he averaged 26 points a game. Six almost six rebounds and eight assists. He's eleventh in, in points with twenty six points, mm-hmm. and he is fifth in assist. His team, one of the best teams in the NBA, and they had the number two seed. Now, doesn't matter what they did in the postseason. They all NBA it's a regular team season. is based off of a regular season. So yeah. he's the best player on one of the best teams in the league. He's he's first team All Star. He averaged almost twenty six six and eight. Um, it's difficult to name 10 players better than him in the league. You don't have to name 10. You just have to name five, six point guards that are better than him because they're going to do it by guard. No, so. well, not six point guards, six guards. Six guards, right. So they, oh, ha- they have six guards that they have. But I'm before. just saying just in general. Yeah. He's a top 10 talent. He is. It could be debatable where he yeah, falls in that top 10. Yeah. He's definitely a top 10, top 15 talent. You can even make a debate that he's a top five talent. Um, yes. But he's definitely should have been an all-NBA player. Mitigation of risk, though, for the league, well, for the league, and Nike, and is well, we got well, we got well, this is just the NBA well, contract. The NBA so now, contract. now we're at so, so 40, like 40, forty-five million. Yeah, around forty-four million dollars, right there. Okay. So now they're, they're saying we don't know, but obviously it's going to be more games suspended than last year. There's talks between twenty-five games to the entire season. So let's just say twenty-two games. Let's just say 22 games, right? If he gets suspended for 22 games, that's around $12 million. So, and then he paid $600,000 in a fine last year as well. So that's total right now of 55, around $55 million. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include the power aid situation, mm-hmm. right? You got, yeah, so the, the power aid situation is, is on March 1st, they signed him as the face of power aid. <laughs> like, think about this. March 1st. On March 3rd, he gets... The suspend well, he has the gun. Power Eight was looking at him as the face of their mm-hmm. brand, and who, not who, just like yo, the, the elite. So Coca Cola owns Power Eight. Now, why is Coca Cola trying to make Ja the face of it? Because they want to compete with that other energy drink that has dominated for decades, called mm-hmm. Gatorade, who was owned by Pepsi. This is why it's a business conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, Power Eight is not strong enough by itself. And so who else does Coca-Cola have under its brand for energy drinks? They have Body Armor. Now, we know Body Armor because we know the investment that the late Kobe Bryant had in it. Steve Harden, who we mentioned before, had in it. 
And so they're thinking to ourselves or themselves, hey, if we can get power aid and we can get body armor in front of these athletes, we can at least compete with Gatorade. Mm-hmm. They shot a commercial for him on March 1st when they were no announcing him. No pun intended on the shot. <laughs> <laughs> they made a commercial for him that they were going to launch around the announcement. They had to freeze that commercial, and they haven't put it out since. Yeah. That contract was in jeopardy then. I would highly suspect that that contract is even in more jeopardy now. So let's yeah. just say that that contract, because they were already they had, they had $10 million. In they were, they were, I was about to say that. They had $10 million in ad spends ready to go out per season just for him. Just for him, so he could be the face of the brand. So you, at least that's a $10 million spend on top of whatever he signed. Let's say that could have been a multi-million dollar contract. So let's say that's like 15 to $20 million yeah, for this season. And then you have to look at future potential people that's going to back away. Because it's obviously yeah. going to affect his future earnings as far as endorsement deals or different things of that nature. We didn't get into the Nike deal, though. We haven't gotten to the Nike deal yet. The Nike deal has not been affected yet. They just released so- it. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying they still stick it. They, yeah. they, have, they have stuck by him so far. The, after the first suspension, they stood with him, right? They they froze their campaign because that was going to launch around the same time as the Power campaign. They froze the campaign. They put out a statement. They're saying they're standing by him. He's made a mistake. He was on a rookie deal as well. So he signed for $12 million in 2019 to Nike. Now he has a signature shoe. I'm sure there's incentives inside of that, and he probably re-upped. They didn't announce the amount that he's getting. But his signature shoe just came out last month. And if we're going to be very honest, we've seen it with Adidas, and we haven't talked about Adidas doubling back and the percentage they have to give to Kanye. Nike screwed over Kyrie and gave Ja Kyrie shoe. There it is. You have to do good moral business. And I know it felt like in the 1980s and 90s, the people that were corrupt end up winning. But I feel like there's a shift in the universe where if you do wrong amongst people, it is going to come back on you tenfold. Nike, you're going to have to find a way to make this right with Kyrie. And I don't know how you promote that Joshua with this going on. Let me tell. The thing about it is, so, so yeah, so that's like 70 million. Then, like I said, if you add in just, you know, future potential deals that probably would have happened that probably won't happen now, um, it's, it's conceivable that this thing could could trickle into nine figures. And then we haven't talked about his future NBA career as well. Yeah. NBA, that might affect the NBA contract moving forward the next time around and different things of that nature. Um, can, can they, I mean, the 194 was guaranteed. I know you said you spoke. Is, the, is there any way that they could, I don't know, like they can't void the contract for sure, but is there any way, how, how does that work? Right? Is it just that they can suspend so it without you're, pay? When you're suspended without pay, yeah, I don't think that they have grounds to terminate his contract. contract. Right. So the suspension is probably going to be the, the most that could potentially happen. Um, but also when I spoke to you know my friend, I'll, I'll leave his name out of it. But he, me, we both said the same thing. Like the the troubling thing for me because there's been players in the NBA that have court cases mm-hmm. that have done a variety of different things. There's been professional NFL players that got caught moving weight. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like sometimes, like, and there's been rappers get caught up in a Rico, stuff like that. Yeah, but, we, had, we had NBA players. I mean, they some of the audience might be too young, but we had guns in the arena. Gilbert well, Arenas and Jabari Spirit. So that's what he spoke about. He spoke about the Gilbert Arenas thing. Yeah. He said the difference between the Gilbert Arenas thing is that he brought a firearm into a building. Into the arena. So that's actually, like, not allowed. That's right. like, that could be a, yeah. a crime. On the plane. So the crazy thing about John Moran is that he technically has not done anything wrong. That's not true. Legally. Legally, he he's doing like this is why this is even so more disturbing. 
he's doing this for no reason. Mm-hmm. He's ruining Facts. his career, and, and for, it's like show and tell. Like it's not like no real beef. Yeah. It's not no real issue. He yeah. it's, it's really just for, like just in giggles. Like you just you. It's like show and tell. Yeah. Like you're literally losing hundreds of millions and potentially ruining your career, career for no per- particular to, reason to live out rap lyrics. <laughs> like you know, it's, it's like just, you know what's bad when Crips get on Instagram and say stop claiming us, you making us look bad. Was he claiming uh, the Crips? You're going to end up having another fine. <laughs> Keep playing. Okay. And I know. I, I know he's young and all that. I'm going to get all this out. I know yeah. he's young. It's not none of his friend's fault. It's not his dad's fault. It's him. It's him. And we all have bravado and, and get full of ourselves. But you can't throw like any person that I knew in the streets would kill for an opportunity like him to have those endorsement deals. Yeah. That would clean up their life and would never show that. Is there, it, there's a deeper conversation though too, right? Because when he talk, spoke about it the last time, it was like, yo, I have to figure out a better way to deal with stress and, and deal with anxiety. And so, I don't, is it a, I don't know if it's a cry for help, but there's something that it doesn't feel like this, like this doesn't seem like I mean, normal, it's, it's right? Obviously, right? And rap music, it has an influence in it because every time he's doing it, he's rapping and he's, but, but I'm like, there's something deeper here with him, right? This didn't happen. He's been in the league for four years, right? This didn't happen in year one, two, and three. July 6, 2022, he signed the extension for $194 million. You see him with Pops, and we got with neighbors next door. We've been to Memphis. We've heard some stories in Memphis that we won't share. Here in Houston, too. And it's like, there's something deeper here, man. There's something deeper there. So first, like, prayers up for him. Like, hopefully, if there is a deeper issue, he gets help for it. But like you said, this is so, like irresponsible so reckless so self-inflicted it's like yo, we're watching it as just spectators and fans it's like yo, this don't even make any sense bro like what are we doing i I've think ne- go ahead Rashad. I've, I've never seen i think it might be a mental um situation okay. and i really hope that he, he he's able to um receive help because i don't ra- see any rational person trying to self like fat joe said he's trying hard to get kicked out the nba mm-hmm. like you got you got to try sometimes you just things just happen you get caught up this is even his friend had enough common sense to put the phone down right, 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 right. looking out like like we ain't even stop the music saying, it's not really even his friend's fault his friend was it's the not. one that actually tried to protect him yeah. um you can't be you can't be in your right mind you can't be in your right mind to show a gun on instagram and go through this and get caught and have to go to rehab and all of this stuff with not rehab, but therapy and all of this stuff mm-hmm. and to come back three months later and literally do the same exact thing. And the bigger point is like, this is another thing I was talking about when I had the conversation, who wants to play with guns? You putting a gun near your head. Like it's nothing to play with. That's like Jeezy G- got one of the best lines of all time. Who want to play with guns? A lot of blood, a lot of drama. That, that shit, shit ain't fun. fun. Like, why would you want to play with a gun? Like, it's not a, it's not a prop toy. Like, you're putting a gun near your head. Yeah. Like, you can't be mentally stable and do things like this. You know what it made me think of? Both of you came to mind when I saw the text this morning. Number one, um, Ian was. I know you do this at every show and you ask people, you make them say it like I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. Right. I deserve the success. I deserve to get wealthy. Yeah. 
And then I thought about our conversations that we've had plenty of times that when people get into the, the level of success, they'll figure out a way to try to sabotage it because they don't feel like they're worthy of it. Yeah. And so that's why I bring up July 6, 2022 is because like, yo, I've come into this wealth. But is there a part of you that feel like, yo, man, I, maybe I don't deserve this. Maybe, I, maybe I'm not worthy of this. I, I think his talent is representative that he is worthy, but I think there's some desire to want to be seen as tough. And from people that I've heard from, like, Giles no slouch. He can fight. But I think this fascination with being tough, everyone that I talked to who was in the streets, it was like, I do not understand why he's doing this because they won't do that. They wouldn't do it. And they're up a couple hundred thousand. Right, they wouldn't be where he's at. Like they would try to trade places with him to be able to play ball and travel the world and like, but I mean maybe there's some trauma there. Who knows? But like the, those things yeah. have to get ironed out. Um, for those of you who are here solely for investing, I get it. Pepsi, Long, Coca Cola, stay away from <laughs> Nike. Not I would stay away from for right now. Uh, profit margin isn't as strong as it should be. The only thing I thought of was Iverson. They want to kick Iverson out the league for way less. After it's been Allen Iverson, he would have been sent packing out of Philadelphia, and Pat Croce would have sent him up a river first chance. He needs to go to another team. If you said if this was Iverson, no question. Yeah, but I mean that's what Jalen was saying. He was like, a lot of the things that were going on when we were playing. I'm glad there was no social media because well, so, it could have been a lot worse. So my, my friend that I was talking about, he was saying that nobody from his era can talk about J- John Morant because <laughs> he was like they all had guns. It's, it's people like, boy, I ain't gonna tell yeah. you the patient but, stories. But like I said, it's a difference between having a gun yep. and rapping on branding your shit on Instagram live, listening to NBA Young Boy. Yeah. Like, are you trying yeah. to to Seems like? like are you trying to lose money? They throw it around. NBA Young Boy gonna have to pay salary. NBA Young Boy, he should try to get an endorsement deal from the NRA. <laughs> Where's the National Rifle Association when you need them? You need them. Right. They, 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 they're they, not they for champion, us. They champion everything Stand else. Stand by him now. They champion everything else. NRA, where are you? What, and, was the, um, what was the purpose of the NRA, though? I know you hate my opening the questions, but the purpose <laughs> of the NRA wasn't for us. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, this is a this is a chance for them to actually stand by a celebrity in time of need. So, um, NRA, where are you? <laughs> and uh, NBA Youngboy. Yo, look what your lyrics are. Are we holding there. NBA Youngboy accountable? No, he has nothing to do with this. <laughs> no, the fuck. No, his lyrics got not. This no. his lyrics. Is, his lyrics do something. something to Josh's spirit. Something in the water. It's something to it's his spirit. Something. It's something. And I know he, he's young. I'm not criticizing the brother. For yeah, me. we gotta remember that part. He he's 23. 23 but he is 23. Is not that young. No, relative. Huh? Right, bro. <laughs> Could be a college senior. That's but, not that young. It's, if you do a crime, how, how, at 20, if you do a crime, at you're, you're you sitting for 57 years. Yeah, you're an adult at 18, but you're not 16. He he is a father, and so we got to think about that part, like the human side of it. Like, yes, he this is troubling. He's still going. He still, prayerfully, has a lot of life to live. Can he come back from this? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully so. And the organization change uh, is probably me. And I know people want to like, yo, his dad needs to sit down with him. And, like, and that's why, even like my dad, he'll call me after every show. Clean up the language, you don't know who's watching, you don't know who's listening to. Like, people are white, especially, let's be honest, when you're black, there's a lot less room for mistakes that you can make. That's why, even like, I, I always say it, I'll say something about China, we get to the corn shortage, and now China is exclusively doing a deal with Africa to cut us out. It's conspiracy when I say it, when Wealth or somebody else posted, or the street.com posted, it's like law. You have less room when you're an African American male to make these kind of mistakes. And the way they're throwing away, throwing around Rico charges, he needs to be very careful. 
Maybe he just wants to really join Dylan Brooks. Oh, stop, man. Dylan Brooks, he's going to be in the NBA. Dylan Brooks. We have a friendly wager that he will be in the NBA. I'm You say he's not going to be. LeBron went up to him. Now, this, is he going to be? A, your career is over. You is he going to be in the NBA next year? I don't think so. Big three. You, you with Shadi? He said he's not. I say he is. All right. Big three. So I'll add you to the friendly wager. Check, 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 check. Rich Paul at InvestFest. Will he be in the league? Make him call. Soon, soon LeBron went off. Hey, get him out the league, bro. We will know by then. <laughs> Shanghai Sharks, here we come. My so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully Java Ran can get himself together and – um. Thoughts and prayers to him and his family. And uh, yeah. anybody that's watching, learn. Learn from this. Yes. Keep your guns and unbrandish enough Instagram. Also, to Duvall had a point. Before you go live, you need to tell your friends, hey, I'm going live. Don't get nothing incriminating, nothing stupid. If that's what you're going to do, you have to be safe. When my mom tells me all the time, anything that you put on out never comes off. Please be careful. Or, or it could be chat. GBT deep <laughs> fake. It could be a deep fake. No, we didn't think of that. We didn't. No, they said it on ESPN. They said they had to verify that it's actually him. So it could be a deep fake. That Yo. that could happen. Wasn't me. I think he was driving. Yeah, we'll see. Wasn't they're gonna, they're gonna see who that car is registered to and all that? Wasn't me. Um, speaking yeah. of Shanghai Sharks, China <laughs> buys corn from South Africa. Yes, for the first time and begins turning away from U.S. Chinese buyers. Six hundred, five hundred sixty-two tons of U.S. corn orders in the last week, mm-hmm. as the country looks to diversify. So. China is buying corn from South Africa instead of America. Why is this important? It goes back into, for those of you who have, this may be your first episode, you didn't hear when I was talking about this a year and a half ago. As the superpowers began to team up together, you have to trade amongst one another. If I've been buying my products from Nike, because I get an endorsement deal, you can't represent Reebok. So if China has a relationship with Africa and they're waiting for working with us, as we talked about. It's not going to be a traditional war. It's going to be a war that is fought in trade and on the internet. Um, some people may not think that this is a big deal, but it is a sign as we're giving all of our money away to Ukraine. We're not ta- taking care of our American citizens, aren't taking care of the health of our citizens here, are not taking care of the education. And the country is being run slowly into the ground. They are forging an alliance to do business and trade amongst each other to then cut us out. So uh, people keep asking me, how long do I think before China becomes a superpower and passes us up uh, with the BRICS situation? Maybe 20 or 30 years. But these things are being put in place right now. It's like no different than if you go to certain restaurants, they only have Coca-Cola products and Pepsi, <laughs> vice versa. They're set, setting up their trade lines to do business amongst each other. Well, they're right. They're ready to power. Yeah, but to surpass us, it's going to take them, Brazil, India, China, Africa. Uh, we were talking about this last summer. Uh, and that's why when everyone's like, oh, you're being your fear monger. I'm like, no, I'm giving you the data because this does matter. And if and I'll go back to the list again of companies that have their uh, yield curve inverted. Our debt to GDP, like our debt to GDP at some point in the next 10 years may go up to 200%. I've talked about it before. 
the pension funds for teachers in Chicago are insolvent. Social Security will be dried up by 2033. Vacancy rates for offices in San Francisco are 45%. That alone indicates a crash. And the best time to team up against a bully is when the bully is down. Yeah. I mean, yes, this is true, but it's still the number one provider of corn to China for the time being. So, in comparison, so the 562,000 tons is what was shipped, but on average, the U.S. ships almost 5 million tons to China. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for the time being, for it's something to being. definitely pay attention to. Yep. The, the, these are the, the macro indica uh, economic indicators that you have to begin. Like these trade deals are key. Uh, and I know, and that's why I say investing is a long cycle, a long game. So even with oil, like um, if we talk about like cyclical investments and when things go up and when things go down for a long time, or even gold, gold was under water for a long period of time, not given a great return. So even if I look at, let's say like crude, Crude was negative from 2015 through 2020 and finally went positive. Commodities tend to go up when we are in a recession, right? Um, and then when they top out like how I did in 2007, it was an indication that the market was going to crash. When you see these kind of trade deals start to be formed, it is a sign of a changing in the power. So it's not something that, that is going to affect us tomorrow or in a year. Should you invest in corn now? Some people ask me that. No, it's not the best commodity to invest in. But over the next three or four years, and if we don't um, get our affairs in order, new president, and get this debt thing under control, it is going to be an issue in the future. And no one else has to believe me. When I like, Let's talk about even quality of food. The quality of food, and I've said it before, is not the same here as it is even in the EU. Even when we go to London, people like the food is bland. It's like, no, that's what real food tastes like without all the salt and all the sugar. Meanwhile... The diabetes drugs and, and weight loss drugs are going crazy because they're profiting off of our sickness. You can't do that in EU or in Mexico, which I cannot wait to go back to. So as you travel internationally, you get can't to wait. see things are done differently because they are slowly poisoning us in every area to make us sicker to then profit off of it. That's why I said if you if you think Americans are going to get healthier, you should short Johnson and Johnson and Eli Lilly. But if you think we're going to get sicker, you need to invest in Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly um, is on a unprecedented tear. Um, just hit a high, I think last Friday at four forty five fifty four. Eli Lilly is on fire. So if you want to know what the play is, there Johnson and Johnson, and Eli Lilly are two of the best pharmaceutical companies in the country. Um, unprecedented run. Easy gains there. Let me tell you the returns. 18,000% uh, return all time over the last five years, 428% over one year. Eli Lilly is up 48% for a company that is uh, has a market cap of $350 billion. The profit is in the treatment, not in the cure. Yep. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a little conspiracy theorist that, you know, got an investment show and led the culture to get some gains hey man i've learned just to be zen in see i told you 2023 rashad turned heel and i turned baby face y'all in trouble <laughs> great uh, and for everyone who asks for stock club renewals when when the entire culture acts right i'll put it back up no <laughs> y'all act right get your act together get your act right. <laughs> tell everybody else take the courses down
We want to talk some money talk. Who can trade and who can't? Get your tickets to invest us. Thank you for the shout out on Twitter uh, for me being one of the brightest minds in the culture and in, in the world. I appreciate that so much. I will be showing some live trades at Invest Fest too. So get your tickets now. And then maybe next year we'll be in China. <laughs> China, here we come. Yeah. Yes. We're taking this show on the road. Um, okay. Well, another insightful yes. market. Mondays, yep. another one for the books. A lot to talk about. We covered a variety of different topics. Uh, watch oh, can we talk about the death of PayPal too, real quick? Yes. Just, just right PayPal. before, before uh, it's PayPal dead. this is your DOA right here? I'm not going to say it's dead, but boy. Wait, wait, are we going to a chart? Are we going to a chart? Yeah, sure. Let's pull it up. Let's do it. I have not seen a fall. So this is a quarterly chart. And I probably shouldn't even show quarterly charts. But PayPal is at $62.15 now. The all-time low is 30. So if I just draw, let's do basic fibs real quick. And I go high to low here. If this is the high, it's underneath the 23.6. It's almost at the 200-day moving average for a quarterly chart. If I look at the monthly so mm-hmm. this is part two to Jones's rule. If it's underneath the 200-day moving average, the Michael Jordan Futures makes $30 million a month. Don't touch it. Look how long PayPal has been underneath that 200-day moving average on a micro chart. Let's go to the one-hour chart and see. And then Friday, they hit one of the all-time lows in the last four years. Critical condition. Um, interest rate environment. And this is another company that's been severely mismanaged. And you'll see in a recession, depression-like environment that a lot of these companies start to get exposed if the profit margins are not good. Um, Buffett has the quote that if, you know, when a tide comes in, you can see who's swimming naked. It basically just means you can see who's managing a company well or who isn't. The market cap for PayPal is $82 billion. It's not as strong as it should be. Um Institutional ownership is high, but the return all time for PayPal is 69%. All time. Last five years, negative 20%. If that's not close to being done, I don't know what is. Crazy. It's crazy. This segment of DOA was brought to you by Ian Dunlap, the greatest investor of a generation. (laughs) Yes. All right. It's been real. Um, It has been eventful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Market Mondays, another one in the books. Yeah. Check out tomorrow's episode with my boy Blast and everybody, the whole team. The whole Eagle team. Eagle uh, Records. Some dope, dope things they got going on. Innovation on independent music side. Very, very creative way that they, they've been able to market their product. Um, get your tickets to Market Mondays live in London, for sure. Get your tickets to Invest Fest. And, uh, yes, Team EYL. We're building. We're building. Love is love, man. LA this week? Hey, man. Look at God. Let, let me do this. Let me do this. Since, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I treated one of my family members the wrong way. I didn't give her the credit that she deserved the monopoly, but tomorrow is her birthday. <laughs> so to hear her, shout out to happy, the queen. Bir- <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. 
from me to you. Yeah, for sure. Happy birthday to my sister <laughs> tomorrow. All the tourists out there, for <laughs> sure, going to be out of town, but definitely live it up. Uh, May 16th, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Very, very important. So, and Inez, happy, happy 50th. Birthday. Today's her birthday. Happy birthday happy to our Inez, for sure. Happy birthday. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Really quick, you can't invest in Red Bull, but um, Monster Energy is on a tear as well. One of the greatest returns of all time. It's currently at $59.72. You guys can put that on your watch list as well. I know the drinks are not the healthiest, but the return on Monster has been monstrous. One of the greatest. Yeah, pun, pun intended. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you guys can put that on your watch list for sure. They are doing an incredible job. Um, NASDAQ traded product, and the stock should be even a lot higher. But to give context, in 2014, it was at $11.68. It is now almost at 60 Incredible return. So I want to make sure we, we I know they'd be killing us for the shout outs and the shout out show thing and then the sports and rap takes, but I want to make sure to give you enough value in jaw. So I would I would stay away from Nike. I would go long Pepsi. I would stay away from Coca-Cola and uh shout the blast. You can't invest in Red Bull right now, but Monster is a replacement for your portfolio if you want to have a blast and <laughs> no pun intended. That's actually my nickname too. So me and Blast, we got something in common. Um, really? I know this. Very, very few people know that. Very few people know that. But the top um, So, yeah, I have a couple of different aliases. So, uh, yeah. And I like his music, too, though. He's just very, yeah, very Blast talented. Though. Very talented, brother. All right, let's All go right. So I'll call you by L.A. L.A. <laughs> Cali. We on the way. Headed back to Cali. You know how we do. Please. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what we doing a little lounge we did before? If I got oh. let's see that. <laughs> Boy, hey, Boy. greatest in a couple areas. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, I don't do the y'all that's a bad season. No, I come through in the clutch press game, press game phenomenal. Yo, that was crazy. Now nah, that was that was yeah. Hey, that, that was Tatum in the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> this much. Hey. This my this shot, boy. Hey, <laughs> LA, LA. Tight. that was yeah, yep. Would you hang a lot? My ish tight, oh mm, boy. Get oh. your tickets to the best fest to see Jeezy. <laughs> Jeezy, we got him. <laughs> Lord, uh, uh, your favorite rapper, favorite rapper. Uh, Cali, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, I hey, pull up. Ayala. Parks, pull up. Ayala. Parks. <laughs> press tour continues. The press tour continues. That is a fact. That is a fact. Oh, man. Uh, yes. All well, right, y'all. It's been real, ladies. Be good to each other, y'all. See you on the flip side. Yes, yes. Love is love. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.